What can I do to nourish my mind, body, and soul? And how is that more important than the actual tasks that I'm doing? Because I, when I do these things, when I really prioritize my own well-being, the stuff, the rest of it just flows. Welcome to Connect Back In Podcast. I'm Morgan King, your host, and I'm so passionate about sharing with you the spiritual concepts that have transformed my life. It is not always an easy path, but I know within my soul that if it's good on the inside, it's good on the outside. Through interviews with experts and my personal experience, we will break down how to live a spiritual life in today's society. My hope is that you find the inspiration and support you need as you explore your own journey to connect back in. Hey, it's Morgan King with Connect Back In. Thank you as always for pressing play and being here today. And if it is your first time, welcome. I appreciate you taking the time. I first want to address my uh, cigarette smoking voice. It's not due to that. I sound worse than I feel. I feel great. I did get tested for COVID yesterday and the test came back negative. Hallelujah. I didn't really think I had it, but I know people can experience an array of symptoms. So I just had the common cold change in weather here in San Diego. It got a little cooler this week. We had some rain. So I'm battling a little bit of allergies mixed with a cold, but all is well. I kind of waited till I sounded the best that I could to record this intro, and this is where we're at. So I want to talk today about the latest episode where I connect with my favorite person and coach, Megan Ladd. Uh, The theme of the podcast is From Burnout to Bliss. And we get real deep, we get real vulnerable. And I've talked about Megan Ladd quite a bit on my social medias, if you follow that. And it is completely unsolicited. She doesn't ask me to do this. I share this information in the hopes that someone who was experiencing the way of the world that I was this time last year that's looking for some support, some answers, a way out in knowing that there is a better way. And that for me, through various applications, but one of the most pivotal was working with Megan. So we kind of dive deep in this episode of what that experience looked like. What were my beliefs that were blocking me from achieving greatness? And really dive into the specifics, kind of the blockages that you may be experiencing when you first start coaching. And it's really great to hear from Megan's perspective, kind of her journey on that as well. So I always say I wouldn't trust a fitness coach or a diet coach if they have always been fit their entire life. I think when someone experiences experiences the process for themselves, they're that much more educated on what you're going through, where you're at, and how to get you to where you want to be. And so Megan has experienced burnout herself um, and led her into this profession, which I think is really fascinating and allows her to use her past experience to support her clients. So she is a burnout coach for female entrepreneurs. And what this means is she helps women build their most profitable business in the most relaxed way possible. Even that just sounds and feels like a deep breath to me. Um, Most business owners think that in order to be more successful, they have to work harder. And so they constantly push themselves to perform. And so what Megan does is she teaches her clients how to take this pressure off themselves, work less without feeling guilty, which is extremely important and can be one of the most challenging factors, 
but this ultimately helps them to create results in their business from a place of joy. And if this sounds too good to be true, that's kind of why we dive deep this episode to say that it simply is not. Um, a little more background on Megan is she previously worked in the entertainment industry for Paramount Pictures and 20th Century Fox before she joined self-help author Danielle Laporte's team. She simultaneously began her study in spiritual psychology. She fell in love with coaching and started her own practice. Megan was recently named Top 10 Coach by Yahoo Finance and featured in Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global for her work in helping female entrepreneurs avoid burnout. That is insanely amazing. If you guys know about Thrive or even Yahoo Finance, those accolades are something to be said. Um, Over the last five years, Megan has helped hundreds of ambitious women from Forbes 30 under 30 CEOs to VPs of Fortune 100 companies. She helps them to break free of this perfectionist tendency, help them maximize their time and energy, and discover a sustainable approach to achieving their goals. And you can follow Megan. I'll have this in the show notes on Instagram at Meglad. And you can also learn more about her work at Megan dash lad, that's L-A-D-D dot com. And for those of you who might be thinking, hey, after listening, especially to this episode, this is me. This is something I want to explore. And I'm going to talk about this honestly here. Um, I don't even know if Megan knows this, but I was on the track where I was ingesting so much self-development information on the daily. I was taking courses and things like that, but at a minimal, I wasn't really investing in myself. And I never thought I had to. I'm like, I can figure it out on my own. I knew that I had the ability to teach myself because I had done that through my business, but I was coming from a place of unworthiness. And so it was almost as if I had all these layers ready to be implemented, but there was a huge blockage that wouldn't allow them to be absorbed and to be um, reframed to help support my beliefs so that I could serve myself better. And Megan and I were friends for about a year. I knew what she did, but I had no intention of signing up for coaching. I was kind of like, I can do it myself. I would always make excuses um, about coaching opportunities when they would come along because our ego will tend to chime in with a bunch of reasons why we shouldn't do it. It's a scary thing committing financially to your well-being and growth, but it is truly the step you need if you want to get to the next level in your life, I can say from experience. So the minute that you feel a sensation within your heart and soul, hey, I need support, whether it's coaching or whether it's buying that yoga class or whether whatever it is to support yourself better from a financial perspective, take that action immediately. Do not wait because you will come up with a list of excuses why you shouldn't do it. And that is what I did for a very long period of time. It wasn't until, and I think Megan and I even addressed this in the episode, that I did a mock consultation with her to help support her on her marketing efforts. I was her target market and I'm like, hey, I'll give you candid feedback on your consultation. Let's do this. And midway through, I recognized what extreme value she could bring to my life. The final like straw that was needed to break the camel's back so that I could rebuild myself into this version of Morgan that I am today. So I'm saying all of this because I hear you. 
oh my gosh, coaches cost so much money. I don't have the time. I don't have whatever. But if you don't invest in yourself to be the best version of you, you can't support the people, things, experiences in your life that mean the most to you. I'm telling you this, you will not be disappointed. So if this is something you're considering and you like today's episode and you feel like working with Megan might benefit you. She is currently accepting. She has only a few slots of one-to-one clients um, for her private coaching. So like I said, if you have anything within you that's saying, hmm, I wonder if this would be a good fit for me, you can sign up for a free intro phone call on her website at www.megan-lad.com slash call. I'll also include the link in the show notes. I'm so passionate about this. Like I said, it's not an affiliate program. I don't make any money by doing this. I don't get anything from it. It's the fact that this completely transformed my life. I'm living my dreams beyond what I ever thought I could. I don't have pressure on myself. I don't define my achieve my worthiness by my achievements. When good things happen, it's great, but I'm already feeling good. And I want every single person to experience that, especially with this very, very short, finite life that we have. So I'm going to stop talking. Take a listen to this. I hope you get something from it, whether it's exploring a relationship with Megan or not. Um, I really do think there's a lot of value in here. So take a listen and enjoy. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Megan Ladd. I always call you by your first name last time. I actually <laughs> saw someone say Meg and I was like, what, who the hell's that? So <laughs> I'm a great and wonderful, powerful Megan Ladd here with me on the podcast today. Thank you, Megan, for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I talk about Megan a ton. We're laughing because I say that in the intro of almost every podcast. It's like, thank you so much for being here, but it is true. I talk about Megan a ton on my Instagram channel and in pretty much every podcast episode, I feel like something along the lines regarding Megan comes up. And that is because she was my coach for six months. And as a primed, um, ready to go client, she literally transformed, um, helped me transform who I am, remembering who I am and significantly impacted my life where I feel as though I'm living this dream. Um, and so welcome, Megan. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I think where we wanted to start, and we've been talking kind of about what we want to talk about on this podcast, because every phone conversation that we have, we talk for at least an hour minimum, um, <laughs> both of us trying to get as much as we can in, in that period of time. But I feel like each conversation could be an episode. Don't you feel like that? Oh, yeah. I feel like there's been so many times where we get to the end of a call. And we wish we'd recorded that. We're like, man, that would have been a good episode. Totally. I'm like, oh gosh, we said such good stuff. But with that, so today's topic is going to be centered around kind of this experience with coaching with Megan. And the reason why is for those of you who might be listening, we're going to call out some specifics that might resonate with you. And perhaps this might be something that you're looking for. Maybe not. Um, and we're just hoping in general that you get some good nuggets of wisdom throughout. So kind of starting out, should we start out with where the coaching began? Yeah, I want to tell the story. Do you want to tell it? I'd love to hear it from your perspective. I feel like I've told it sure. a lot. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I, as you, we've, you've probably mentioned before, we were friends first and just super connected on that level. And we were having one of those long conversations one day where I was really honing in on my ideal client from a coach perspective. And 
basically it was Morgan. And I was picking her brain, like picking her marketing brain, asking her lots of questions, kind of figuring out what language resonated with her so I could speak to my people more directly. And she was like, let's just do a mock consultation, like take me through your process and I'll give you really clear, like unfiltered feedback, let you know what I think. And if there's anything I think you can improve. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And so we did a consult that night. I just did my normal process. And you said, Morgan, like halfway through, it became real for you. I think from my perspective, I like legitimately did not know that. And I was just like, so in the zone, I was treating it like a real one. So I was just like- You get in the zone. Just for those of you who know (laughs) Megan personally and then coach Megan, it's like some switch just turns on and it is extraordinary not good or bad from either version. They're just so different that like when you get into coach mode, it's like my entire house could have fallen down. And as long as you could still see my face, you would have been like, not even noticed that that was happening. (laughs) That's totally it. I was like hyper present, deeply listening, like truly anything could have been going on outside of you or me and I wouldn't have noticed. And so I didn't realize that you started thinking of it like a real consultation. I was just like in the zone. And I don't think I even realized it. There was like some moment at the end where we went to schedule or something like that. And I was like, like, is this real? Like I popped out kind of of coach mode for a second. I was like, wait, do you really want to schedule? Are we doing like mocking? What is that called? Role-playing? You're like, is she still role-playing? Like she's crushing the role-play because I'm all like kind of (laughs) crying almost. Well, I think the the biggest piece of it is I was very much into self-development at the time. I think I was even in a group coaching program. I had just done some breath work and um, a little backstory, and I've shared this with Megan since, but I pretty much hit a wall about a week prior. Um, It was the year that my dad had crossed over. My uncle got stage four cancer. So all these other like outside circumstances were happening that I felt um, I had no control over. I had broken up with my boyfriend of two years and I started my own business as a realtor so that I could create a new lifestyle for myself because I blamed my old company for me not having boundaries and not supporting myself. And I was just exhausted. I was so burnt out. So I started my new business and I transferred that exact behavior into my new business. And I was working 60 plus hours a week. Um, supporting myself with social engagements in between that and just like could never do enough to feel satisfied with who I was. And I reached a breaking point because I was so tired and so burnt out and just knew there had to be more. Um, And I'd already been on the like spiritual development journey, if you will, for probably two and a half, three years. And I literally was in the shower and I dropped my knees and I started crying and I prayed for an answer. Like I'm getting teary eyed even thinking about it. And then what unfolded from that is like literally the next day, I think we did this. Um, So the universe works quickly when you ask, but breaking this down, kind of what the consultation looks like um, and being really transparent with you guys in case this resonates with you is Megan creates this board, this whiteboard. And it's, Megan, why don't you speak to the whiteboard? Because it's your process. And we can dive into the minutia of what it is. But yeah. Yeah. So it's different for everyone. So it's a way of mapping out just for you specifically, visually, 
where you are right now and putting that under a microscope. And so that's kind of like taking a high level view or almost putting your current life under observation of like what's really going on right now. And I think of it like you're before because mm-hmm. it's so helpful to know where you're starting. And then we map out where you want to go. So it's like you have your starting point, you have your end destination. The end destination, I always encourage people to let themselves dream because your brain will limit what you think is possible. So it will say, right. like, I don't know if that's believable. And I remember, right. you know, in our conversation, I was like, it just has to be 50% believable. Just like give yourself permission to tell me what you really want. And, you know, you could share some of the stuff you came up with, but it's like, it's so far beyond in that moment when you're starting. Oh my God. I'm all, I'm all like, you're saying this to me you're like dream bigger. And I was like, yeah, okay. She doesn't get my reality. Like ultra fighting for my limitations to the max. Like she clearly doesn't understand how busy I am. Like we'll, (laughs) we'll see, you know, like when we were creating the vision, because like the current reality I was in I would do all the self-development. I would do all the things, but only at a surface level because underneath all of it was this deep um, emotional belief that I was unworthy and I wasn't enough. And so I had to try and fill up my tank with outside or things outside of me to try and support that. And it was like a never ending cesspool. Like it was a dark hole. Like I would achieve that milestone. I would get that relationship. I would lose that weight, whatever it was. And it would just like, it would feel great for a moment. And like, then it would like go away immediately. Then I'd be searching for the next thing. And not to say though, it's like, I paint this picture of myself and there were moments for sure. Like I mentioned in the shower and things like that, but like, ultimately I felt like I was a pretty happy person, but I felt as though like that took a lot of sacrifice. Like I had to like show up as this perfect version of me. And so if I didn't, if I didn't achieve that goal, or if I wasn't this perfect version of me, I was super hard on myself and I didn't have any grace. So this is where kind of the driving, pushing and forcing. So talking through the current reality to see if this resonates with anybody listening right now, um, really focused on the doing, forcing, control, not listening to my body. Um, we wrote down superhuman, unrealistic expectations. So I would write out all these things that I almost knew in deep down that like I physically couldn't accomplish. And then I would get really mad at myself for not doing those things. Um, depleted, defeated, immense guilt when in a spiral. So like I was saying, like if I wasn't perfect, if I didn't show up or reach that goal, I would just be super cruel. Um, need to be productive or I was unworthy constant push to accomplish, can't sit and enjoy. Like, I don't think I ever just sat down and did nothing. Um, Badge of honor for hours worked. I always wanted people to know how busy I was and ensure that like, I remember thinking I actually wanted someone, even when we first started coaching Megan, that they would come in and be like, you're doing enough. Thank you. And then I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm good. (laughs) And it's like, When you start searching outside yourself for wanting that validation, it truly is a sign that you're looking to validate, like you need to validate you. Yeah. Like that's where it starts from. Um, And just finishing up here is frustrated that I haven't been able to shift. So like I mentioned, I was doing all these things and I was like, why the hell is this not working for me? Like, why am I broken? And Mm -hmm. so starting from that place, like I remember even like tearing up 
And then the inner obstacles we outlined was um, kind of similar things. It's almost redundant, but hard on self for not being able to overcome, pushing forward, perfectionist, feeling unworthy, want to go as fast as I can, either or. So I had this idea of like, should I tap into my feminine, move to Wisconsin and open a bakery and like be poor, but happy? Or should I be a realtor, work my ass off, make money and like be unhappy? Like there wasn't a way to bridge the gap between those two things. Um, So this kind of a lot of what you hear from your clients when they do this exercise. Yeah, this is really everything. This is a perfect example because it's so similar. And it's just that the, like, these are the overarching themes. It's just the little details change. So like your version of the either or was like the Wisconsin bakery example. Like Mm. I can either be happy and poor, or I can be this like high powered, successful realtor who's like running herself into the ground. So obviously people's unique examples in their minds differ, but the overarching themes are the same. And the part that you're referencing right now is, so after we do the vision, that's where we look at, okay, what are these big inner obstacles that we need to work through in order to bring that vision to life? And so it's like the the hurdles. And you actually brought up a really important point is that you were trying to quote unquote, fix yourself from the belief that you were broken. Yes. And that's, a really common thing, even with, I think, especially with people who are into personal development and self-help and have been working on themselves for years, it feels like you can't do enough. Like it never really sinks in or you you're always searching. Yes. Yeah. Because it's from that, that place, that belief of you're broken to begin with. And I think that's part of the power of a coaching container is it's like viewing the client, viewing the person across from you as already whole. Like when I looked at you, I wasn't thinking like this person needs fixing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is just how she's used to wiring. It's how, right. or used to working. It's how your brain was wired to succeed. It had worked for you in corporate. It was just all that you were familiar with. And it was really scary to that part of your brain to think of letting go of that because right. you had the belief that it was either or. Yeah. And I was so tapped into my identity of being like a hard worker. And like you said, that was such a strong belief for me that I found confirmation bias from people outside of me. Like I got promoted. I was like a really well-liked employee because I would do anything anybody asked of me, like at the expense of my well-being. Um, But kind of tying into, I think the underlying theme is like this unworthiness. And I think a point to make here is when you have a structured belief system that isn't serving you, no matter what information you absorb, you'll be working from that place. And so if you're working from a place of unworthiness and you're trying to do your morning routine or you're trying to, not trying, but you are doing your morning routine, you're maybe reading this book. If you come from that foundation, it's very challenging. I'm, I'm assuming at some point, potentially Megan, you can chime in on this. You'd have awareness around that. But I think it's really challenging to shift when you have a broken foundation of who it is that you are. Yeah. For people, it becomes a similar experience to what you had of, okay, I'm doing all of these things. I'm taking the right steps. It's more of like the doing, which is the comfort zone. And it's like, I'm doing, doing, doing. Because I remember you had, like you said, your morning routine, you were doing lots of the 
supportive things, yes. but it just wasn't landing. And so then that's that frustration builds and you mm. start to wonder like, where am I going wrong? Yes. And I also think it's important to call out, you kind of alluded to this, but like knowing you as your friend or just, I remember even meeting you, you definitely didn't present like a hot mess, right? Like even if you were feeling scattered and overwhelmed and exhausted, like just outwardly, you like had your shit together. Right. And you were like, you know, like you said, a happy person and like a successful person. And so I think this is something that's really common amongst my clients too, is it's not like necessarily obvious to other people in your life, how much you might be struggling and how hard you might be like treating yourself inside. And sometimes I think it's the people who seem to have it the most together, that it can be the hardest. Like you hold yourself to that high standard. Yes. That's what it was. And like the sense of control, like the level I had to show up at to be okay with who I was, was absurd. Like you're talking about, so getting up at 5am, working out, doing my journal, listening to two podcasts, getting ready, full makeup, full hair, going to appointments, driving around, like doing my social media calendar, um, shooting five videos, uploading all those to YouTube, creating all that content for that, door knock 30 doors where people were really cruel to me. Like, just, And then I'd get home and be so tired and so hungry. And I was like, you need to clean your house. And then you have to go to this event and you need to look really good at this event. And then if I did all those things, I would feel good. I'd be tired and exhausted but then it would come to a point where it's like, you can't maintain that life. Like that is like, if I had one of those days now, like even thinking about it, I'd get really tired. Um, it's So then obviously I would ultimately fail, quote unquote, not meet those needs that I felt I needed to be worthy and enough. And then I would feel like a loser, feel like a someone that like everything was going to fall apart instantly. Um, yeah like losing sense of control, which is like crazy to think about that now. But to be honest, like even in our conversation and prep for this interview, it did bring up some stuff for me. And like, I do have, I certainly have some fear around it because the shift happened so drastically, very quickly. It didn't in the process, but looking back on it now. And so when I think of that version of me, I'm just like, I don't know, it's scary. But then I team that fear by being like, listen, like, you would go through that 10,000 times if you knew that this was on the other side. Yeah. I think it's really normal to have, you know, it's just an old wired pattern. It's normal to have moments of it and experiences of that old way. And it's just, it's, it's normal. It's human. It happens. Is that going to happen again? Like, does that happen for you? Do you feel like that? Yeah. So it doesn't happen to the same extent because you catch it sooner. Like you'll yeah. be onto yourself when it's right. You're like, yeah. Oh, today was one of those days that felt like one of the old days. Whoops. Yeah. Not going to do that again. Yeah. But I had a similar experience where our first move earlier this year to Seattle, it did happen pretty quickly. And instead of, you know, how ideally, like normally I would have handled it of like giving myself plenty of space and, allowing room to feel my feelings and like all the stuff that I know, I did kind of go back to my default of instead of taking time off work to do the things I needed to do for the move and process leaving San Diego and all this stuff, I just basically kept what I already had set aside for Mm -hmm. my business and everything and then just like tacked the move on top of it. 
Mm, yeah. Because it felt like, well, I'm not going to give up on these plans that I had. I want to, I still want to do all those things. But then it was like, I did fall into that old pattern, a little bit of overbooking myself. And then because I did have a lot of sadness around leaving San Diego, I was like, I don't have time to touch that. I've got things to do. And I could kind of throw myself into the doing. Yes. And it was only in the grand scheme of things, like a couple of weeks, but it was enough to be like, whoa, like this is the default. I forgot how crappy this feels. Like right. I yeah. need to like turn the ship around. Right. And as you know, I mean, you know more than anyone. Um, <laughs> when we moved back to San Diego, I mean, of course, that was a more exciting thing. For those of you who don't know, Morgan was a realtor. She's amazing. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Um, we coming back, I was like super aware of that recent move because it really mm. part. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. Like, I'm actually going to consciously take time off work, not hold myself up to these super unrealistic standards of being a superhuman and like throw myself into the doing. Another thing I had done the first time was an old pattern of like, I can do it all myself. Mm. And I was like, whoa, I forgot how bad that feels. So it was almost like that recent experience didn't feel great. It wasn't fun to go to, yeah. but I did offer myself the grace of like, yeah, like that's just how I did it for so long that it makes sense that this thing popped up and I kind of just went there so fast. Yeah. And then the next move we had, it was like, I could be more intentional and yes. approach it in a way where, you know, a lot happened, even more happened because not only did we move, but we bought our first house completely remotely. Sight unseen. Um, sight like. unseen. <laughs> this is why I'm like, if you need a realtor, seriously, Morgan's in there like FaceTiming every nook and cranny of this house. Never thought I would buy my first house without ever even stepping foot in the home or neighborhood, but it worked out. It was amazing. But you know, we did more in that move, but I got here and I didn't feel exhausted. And I know that's because of how I was consciously moving through it that second time. So that's what I would say for any and all like future, just to kind of calm that part inside of you that feels nervous. It's mm -hmm. like, even if you do slip back into it, you're not going to be back where you were before. You've just evolved. You're in such a different place now. It would just be like a little blip on your radar. Yeah. And I think that comes to like, you said it, but like specifically pulling out is like, when you forget how important like self-care and supporting yourself is, because I feel like that's when I'll fall off the wagon, if you will, is when I stop doing those things. Those little things that you have probably heard a million times, like drink enough water, get enough sleep, don't drink too much alcohol, like eat healthy food, work out, meditate, all those things that we kind of take for granted sometimes how important they are to our lives. And then we decide, oh, you know what? I don't have time for that. I'm not going to do that. Or, oh, it's not going to hurt me to do this, this, and this. And then like that can really um, shift your mindset back into this like fear-based reality brain is what I call it, where like to Megan's point, Megan, I'm just pulling from your story. This probably necessarily wasn't the case for you, but oftentimes like it'll be, oh, I can't not work. What, how am I supposed to pay these bills? How am I supposed to X, Y, Z? Like I need to show up in this certain way in order for everything to work out. But ultimately, like I can tell you from experience and it's completely different than the way I feel as though society teaches us is if you serve yourself first, make sure that sound ready to go, 
that guidance system will support you every step of the way and not fail you in the right direction. So you might be like, okay, well, what is that voice inside? You just know. You just know because it feels so freaking good. And when you don't support that with the nourishment that your body needs, I feel like that for me, at least, Megan, I'd love to know what you think. That's when the fear brain can like shift back in and start taking over the show. Yeah, I like to think of it as different layers of self-care. Like there's the physical, there's the mental, there's the emotional, and then the spiritual. Yeah. And I love thinking of how do I paint this whole kind of holistic picture of self-care beyond just like on Fridays, I take a bubble bath, right? Like what can I do to nourish my mind, body, and soul? And how is that more important than the actual tasks that I'm doing? Because I, when I do these things, when I really prioritize my own well-being, the stuff, the rest of it just flows. And it's one of those things that I know when you are feeling exhausted, that sounds like too good to be true. But you know, I think Morgan, if you're open to sharing too, like what it was even physically, like I remember your kind of breaking point when we were talking, you were like, physically, this is not sustainable. And I think that's a really common thing that motivates people to reach out for support, reach out to a coach like me is just like my body cannot sustain this way of being or not being right. This way of doing, doing, doing. Yeah. I had, well, I have now still is uh, like adrenal fatigue, which essentially just means like pushing your hormones to their max capacity where they just drain out. And then I had estrogen dominance, which also is a symptom from that. Um, and just, I was so tired. Yeah. <laughs> like physically, ex- oh, I had extremely high blood pressure as well. Um, for someone who ran three miles every day, ate an extremely healthy diet, like did all the things that you would on paper, but I had very high blood pressure, um, which I don't have that anymore. Um, so yeah, I was just like running on E all day, air yeah. day. And like, I think, God, it's just such a hard cycle when you're in it. I think the first thing is the desire to change, which happens through contrast because you experience something and you're like, you know what? I'm not willing to do this anymore. I told Megan, it was like literally this, or I'm moving to Nepal and I'm going to like live in a hut. Like I can't function in society and sustain this life anymore. I will die. Like that. Yeah. I literally felt like I was going to die. Um, That's what I was remembering. Like I, there was this very distinct moment. I think it was on our consultation. This might've been the moment where I was like, oh, this is a real consultation is you told me, you know, if I keep going at this rate, I literally think I'm going to have like a heart attack and Mm -hmm. like soon. Yeah. And, and it was like, yeah, we got to turn the ship around. Yeah. Yep. Cause I went in actually to get my foot checked because I was running on it and wearing heels all the time. So I had plantar fasciitis and then I had a stress fracture and I went into the doctor and he's like, Whoa, did you just have like a lot of coffee or like something stressful happen? And I was like, no, why? And he's all, uh, what? Like you're 33 years old and like you are healthy on paper and your blood pressure is through the roof. I don't know the numbers, but it was the purple zone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's like purple, like maroon, dark red, orange, yellow. Um, and that was really scary. And it made me be like, what am I doing all this for? And I couldn't even answer that mm-hmm. because I had money. I had like stuff. I had the things that you like the basic needs to support a lifestyle And yet I was still so unsatisfied. Um, 
And two, like reflecting back on like my relationships as well. And like the people that I was like romantic relationships specifically that I was in, in, um, long-term with like looking back on that now that also stemmed from it. And after you and I worked together, I met Tyler, who I'm now with two weeks later. And like you had mentioned too, when you work with people within about two weeks or so, or very soon after they meet their like life partner. Yeah. It's a really unexpected, amazing byproduct of (laughs) relaxing back into yourself. And really that's how I think of it. It's like the doing is just like a way of being, but you had previously identified with that. So many people think of themselves as like a high performer, a hard worker, and that's like so much of who they are. But it's, it's just a learned way of being. And very quickly in the container, the coaching container, it was like you just like dropped back into your real self. Yeah. And you were in this position. Really what's happening is you're, you know, aligning with that and you're opening yourself up to receiving the things that you've been working so hard for this whole time that have just been like there waiting for you. But you were like moving too fast to even just like be in a place to receive them. Yes. Yes. Yep. And like you attract what you are, not what you want. So if you're looking for someone to complete you or something to love you or to validate you or make you feel X, Y, Z, I just want them to make me feel this. It's what you're looking for to give to yourself. And through this process, you really start to recognize that. So kind of tying back into this whiteboard is we have this vision. And so this for me, when I was thinking about it, I was like, this is so unrealistic. She Mm -hmm. clearly doesn't know the scope of what I go through every day. Like to maintain this version of Morgan, like I can't be this person. (laughs) And so what the vision looks like is um, calm, present with family, meaning like I wasn't on my phone checking emails and phone calls to seem important, but I always did. Um, Prioritize people and things that are the most important to me. The chief, I like that. (laughs) Um, Show others what's possible is like complete euphoria to me, that sense. Um, So being successful from a societal standpoint and then also really enjoying my life. Juicy relationships that have space, sharing, communication, growth, an even pie chart. So in Tony Robbins, you kind of talk about all the different areas of your life. So it's like health, financials, relationships, career, growth, all that would be even. Um, Happiness, fulfillment, freedom, lightness, everything would shift. And then we have spiritual millionaire on there. Um, And like, it's pretty... It's so funny, like thinking back about the process and I, we had talked about this, like not to scare anybody, but once you start identifying these certain things, a lot of stuff can come up and it's very uncomfortable because shifting deep seated beliefs and patterns that you've been working with majority of your life. And so being ready and willing to look at that and say, I'm done with that. And then bringing up something new. Megan has the analogy that I love to death. And Megan, talk, talk about the floaty. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is really what's happening is you enter this state that feels like a little bit of a free fall because we're starting to let go of the familiar way of being. And it is like unsettling is a good word for it because it's just like a new way. It's, it's something you've never experienced before. What I do like to say though, is that how you've been doing it up until now that's the real hard part. 
Yeah. And so as unsettling as this moment of like, yes, the, the metaphor is like, basically, if you didn't know how to swim, being like tossed into a pool with floaties and you're like, I sure hope these floaties work because like, can these floaties hold me up? Because I don't know how to swim. Yeah. And you are being held up. Like you're floating, but you're like, okay, so I just don't do anything. So I just, I'm in this space. I don't have to keep swimming like frantically and I'm still held. And so that's the kind of feeling. But if you think about the alternative, so it's like a different version of heart, right? It's just yeah. that initial discomfort. How you've been doing it up until now is like painful and exhausting and being so hard on yourself and having this undercurrent of anxiety 24 seven. Yes. And so this is like, it's just, it's almost like, sorry to interrupt. It's almost like without the floaties. So like you can't swim and the way that you're allowing yourself to stay alive is you're kicking and you're screaming, but you're always scared that you might drown. Yeah. You're like doggy paddling and it's just like your body is exhausted. It's like, just let go. And then the minute you do, then these floaties arrive. And to me, the representation of the floaties is like the universe and like the support from there. And I honestly, I always believed in a higher power, of course, like I was raised loosely Methodist, meaning like my dad brought us to church because he felt like he had to. Um, (laughs) And we would like pray at my grandpa's and things like that, but I never truly understood it. And I'd have like these crazy moments of like past loved ones. Like when my grandma passed away, we weren't even that close, but she died on my birthday. And then like six months later, so I was driving in my car on my way to work and I put my hand over on the passenger side. And I was like, what, what's happening? And I could just feel her energy. And I was like, that is so weird. Like while I'm even doing it, I'm like, this is messed up. I call my mom <laughs> after and I'm like, it's really weird. I had this thing with me, mom. She's like, oh, it's her birthday today. And just like weird things like that. And then when my dad passed away across, like I can't even tell, it would like freak people out. I feel like if I shared all the certain things that I've been um, undeniably put into contact with him, And so I think that really helped me trust in the universe and the support on that side. Cause it's like, there's no way he's going to let me down. Like he's my biggest cheerleader of all time. So now let me just give this a shot. And so in the representation of the floaties is like, that's you not having to figure it out all on your own, that there's something bigger in this whole picture of life that you can't just write off as coincidence when these like beautiful circumstances and experiences and people show up in your life to help support you. Once you make the decision, once you believe that there's a possible change, and once you're open to opportunities and allow yourself to be and receive those things, then the floaties slide on and help you stay afloat without you having to kick and scream. Yeah. And it's almost like your brain has told you up until now that if you stop, if you get off the hamster wheel, if you stop doing it, it'll all fall away. Yes. And then you enter this phase where we're easing out of that. What's interesting is for some people, the tasks on their calendar don't change, but without all the pressure and the hustly energy behind it and the proving and like the franticness, it just feels really different. And even just letting go of that is new and different. And it's almost like, leap and the net appears. Like you have to ease into that first. Like I like to take a good run up and leap first. And then you start to see, oh, my whole life didn't fall away. In fact, I actually have these things that I've been wanting for so long starting to come with me with, with ease. And then it's like, your brain is like, what? 
this isn't real. Like that was a one-off. That was a fluke. The other shoe's going to drop. And then yeah, there's a whole other, it's just fighting for its survival. That part of you that has operated behind the steering wheel for so long is like, why would you ever stop hustling? This works. Yeah. For to that point, like I almost couldn't maintain what I was doing with being able to shift. So I like drastically shifted into my feminine energy, which she, she's all like, Hey, I've been here for 33 years. You've never talked to me. You've been completely ignoring me. <laughs> like who, are, who do you think you are? And I'm like, Hey, let's hang out like every day now. So um, I barely could work. Like I felt anytime I would pull myself into like my normal schedule, I would get back into that frantic energy and then just get really mad at myself. So I really pulled back and then trying to figure out how to bridge the gap once I was ready between like this masculine and feminine energy and then COVID hit. And I feel like that in itself was like permission from the universe to figure that part out. Yeah. As now it's like, yes, of course I work. I do things like my number one priority is supporting myself so that I can support my clients emotionally. And then the clients just start showing up. Like it's not these normal tactical things that I was doing in the past, like this drip campaign or what messaging should I use? Like my number one intention is to help people as best I can. And I'm really good at what I do and coming forth with that energy. It just starts to flow in. And like Megan and I were talking about, it sounds so simple, but getting to this process from here to there isn't necessarily easy because you're unearthing all this other belief systems, all the things you've been told all your life that thing like you must struggle and work hard to make money. Um, nothing good comes easy, work hard, play hard, all the things that we've been taught over and over again, like upheavaling that looks so different to each individual that there's no necessary like step-by-step rubric, but that's where Megan comes in and helps support you and guide you to remind you of what you already know. She doesn't give you the answers. You give yourself the answers through her guidance. So an analogy for this that I love to death and I just heard the other day is if you're at like a family dinner and you're making a puzzle and you have like two pieces left and you can't figure out which goes where and you've been working on the puzzle your whole life and then like your uncle comes along and just puts the two pieces in there and goes, there you go. And you're like kind of satisfied, but you're like kind of mad. That to me is like coaching with someone telling you what to do. Where like Megan would come along and be like, hmm, so it looks like you have two more pieces left. And you know, like you talk through it and you guide that person to put the pieces in place into the puzzle to create the final picture. And that really is all it is. Like it it is, that's how I can best describe it. So I love that. <laughs> the getting mad at the uncle. You're like, this was the most satisfying part. Why Why wouldn't you let me finish the puzzle? No, I think that's that's actually such an important point too, because it's not, it's, it's, it's like the part of the brain that is so used to doing. Initially, yeah. you just want someone to tell you what to do. But actually the process is like learning how to be more and spend more energy there so that your own answers, you have access to them. You have access to that wisdom. And then you will get clarity on next steps and how to arrange your life. Like it'd be interesting, Morgan, if you're open to sharing like what a typical day looks like now, just as like a comparison, but it's like 
I didn't give Morgan a blueprint of here's what your ideal day should look like. Which and I wanted you to really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like, well, what yeah. am I supposed to do all day? Like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I feel like I'm free falling right now. And this is really uncomfortable. And I want to revert back to my old schedule because even though it sucked, I knew what I was doing. Yes. Well, it's interesting even because I remember you feeling this way. But what's fascinating is that in the grand scheme of things, it was such a relatively short time that you were in the free fall. And like when you're in it, you're like, I'm moving away from everything I've ever known. (laughs) What's happening? But then it's like, it's kind of miraculous, really. If you think about like two weeks in, you met this person who's like a soul level partner. It's like you still started getting work opportunities. Like you ended up like things were just falling into place. And so that's, I think those are the things that can kind of keep people going early on when you're in the free fall is that instead of things falling away, like good things start happening. So it like lets you hold on to it with a little bit more faith. Like you get these little like nuggets or honestly big nuggets of like, oh, look at this thing that's happening. So you're like, okay, maybe it is working. Yeah. You have to kind of like direct your brain back to this, but that's where, you know, I've, I usually do six month coaching containers and people are like, does it take six months? <laughs> like, am I going to have to feel this way for six more months or does it take six months at results? And I'm like, oh no, like results can start happening right away. But we do six months so that you have time to like root in this new identity and like plant in it, firmly plant in it, have it become permanent wiring for you because it is really common for people to like, you know, start to experience it and then freak themselves out and go back to the old way. And we're like, nope, we're not going to let you self-sabotage. We're going to keep leaning into this new territory of like, how good can you stand it? Yes. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like once I got there, there was two primary things that would come up is, okay, oh my God, I figured it out. What are they going to say? And they are the old me's or like the clients out there who wants an agent that hustles. And like, what if they knew that I don't work 60 hours a week? Like, would they want me as their realtor? And then, so that was a big thing. And like, I can't share this with anybody I know because they're going to think that I'm lying, right? Of just like, oh, must be nice. Like she obviously has major issues going on at home and she's just covering it up with all this stuff. And then the second thing was how good can I handle it? Like I felt guilty because I wasn't working as much. I was caring more about myself than anything else, my well-being and my health and my mindset. And I was getting more money more clients, more time, more beautiful experiences, my house, like all these things kept unfolding and it was getting better and better. And then my fear brain would come in and be like, okay, A, the shoe's going to drop, like something major bad's going to happen here. Or B, like I felt unworthy again, like because it was a next level of receiving that I had not experienced, like the perfect, like the most amazing life partner that supports me and everything I do allows me to be who I am and like loves me unconditionally. Then I get my dream place in my dream neighborhood. Then I meet all these incredible people, like all the clients I work with love and respect me and vice versa. Like how this old story in the back of my mind of just like, it unvalidates if you like, I don't know what the verbiage, like it's not validating 
all the struggle I went through for 33 years. It's almost like, well, why did I just do all that? And it's like, well, you didn't have to. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it makes it feel crummy in a way, even though all these great things are going on. So what do you say? Yeah. Like, how does that, like, how do you overcome that part of it? Because that's definitely, I am assuming I'm not the only one who's experienced that part as well. Yeah. So really, you know, even thinking back to our sessions is pretty common practice. Like the fear brain called it, you know, that's how I refer to it in is the fear brain comes in and tries to talk you out of it and like tell you the other shoe's going to drop and X, Y, and Z people are going to judge you. What will they think? Like yeah. basically anything that that part of your brain knows will be compelling to you. It will, it will come up, right? Cause it's right. basically getting demoted yep. and really what we had to do in our sessions, and this is a part of the process, very important part of the process, is reconnect to your vision, reconnect to your higher self. And it's like we had to pass the microphone from yeah. the fear brain back over to your higher self that that voice, it's like your intuition, your future self will always be very calm, very grounded, very loving, never judgmental. So you can feel what that's like in your body. It's very different from the like, the sky is about to fall, frantic. Urgent. Literally. Yes, urgent. That's my number energy. one thing is like, needs to be figured out right now. And then I'm like, yes. holy fear, there you are. <laughs> yes. And so really what we did over the sessions was we gave more airtime to your highest self until mm-hmm. that voice went from, you know, a whisper in the back of an amphitheater to being center on stage and knowing how to engage with your fear brain in a loving way that like, didn't let it take over, but like allowed it to be there. So you weren't resisting it. You weren't making it wrong that you had those thoughts. Right. But it's like, it was just like bringing it back and flexing that muscle, which mm-hmm. is also flexing your worthiness muscle, which yeah. is what allows you to, to keep receiving, right? Because the voice that's like, how good can you stand it? Like something bad's going to happen. That's just the old wiring coming from the belief that you don't deserve it. Yes. Yep. Yes. And even, I mean, even now, like there'll be times where I, I feel it physically a lot because I am so in touch with like, how am I feeling now? I'm like super connected to my body. And so I can feel like a tightness in my chest. It'll be hard to breathe. And then I, I'm like, all right, stop everything. And I sit down and I'm like, what's going on? And I just ask myself that over and over. I'm like, what are you afraid of? What are you thinking? And then I write it down and I give it, I honor it. And give it yeah. space because we are human beings functioning in this planet Earth. Like things can be crazy sometimes and your brain can play tricks on you. And especially in a pattern that I'm used to experiencing for 33 years and then one that's net new that's been around for about six months to a year. Like obviously there's going to be things that come up and that are fearful and quote unquote like triggers, if you will. Um, but acknowledging that and giving it like it's airtime that it needs versus shoving it down, ignoring it, waiting for it to go away. It's only going to get louder or it's going to evolve and change into something else that you don't want into your life. So I feel like figuring out a way to allow your inner being to guide the show. They're now front and center. That muscle's super strong. You're used to talking to them all the time. And then when that fear brain comes up, it's, it's, allowed space. It's allowed time to speak and talk and share with you what it is you need to know. And then your higher self comes in and is like, all right, well, thanks for that. Like that's an old belief. You know that that's not true because of X, Y, and Z. 
And then it, it really does calm it down. I don't know, like, what would you say about that process of like, when you do experiencing, experience that after the coaching, after you know that like you are human and you can give yourself grace for those moments, what would you recommend um, beyond what I said for a process to deal with that? What you said is perfect. Really, it's just being in a loving relationship with that part because you can think of it like a toddler throwing a tantrum. And if you were to just like get in a screaming match with it, it wouldn't end well. Or if you were to ignore it, like it would keep screaming, right? So it's like softening towards that part, which was a process you had to learn. And really it's like, becomes easier with time. It can feel kind of weird and awkward at first. And that's where, you know, most people have never done that before we've worked together. And so that's where it's helpful to have someone like teaching and guiding them and helping facilitate that kind of interaction within yourself. You've been learning how to be with yourself in that compassionate, gentle, completely allowing and accepting way. It can be very revolutionary for people who have never done that. It's like the opposite of being so hard on yourself. Yes, exactly. And just like uh, knowing you are worthy to experience all uh, facets of emotions because we are emotional beings, like feelings are there for a reason. And also too, it can help guide you. So maybe you're experiencing a relationship that isn't serving you, or maybe you're guiding yourself in a direction that just doesn't feel right. And the voice of fear is coming up and like, there might be something like a good nugget there. Um, you don't know. Sometimes it can be just BS and old patterns, but sometimes it can be there to serve you as well. So it's not always like a bad thing. I think the ego gets a bad rap. <laughs> yeah, I think that's another thing to keep in mind is that in terms of how to approach it, just step one, knowing that it's normal and nothing's gone wrong. It's, you're just a human. Of course, you're going to have negative emotions sometimes. Of course, you're going to feel afraid sometimes. Yes, 100%. I almost was going to say, I was about to interrupt you and then I was like, is she going to say something else? So sorry for the long pause. <laughs> um, one question that I'll ask is like, what illusion am I believing in right now? Because anything, any thought that you have that is not self-serving is an illusion. And when you can really believe in that, it helps so much to recognize when you are going astray from that inner voice, that inner being of who you truly are, that only wants um, experiences, people, and things to serve you because then you can show up as your highest self to serve others, be the high vibration to raise the collective of the rest of the world. Yeah, a hundred percent. Especially in our jobs when we work with people and, and like an emotional, like the largest financial purchase of their lives. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of high, heavy emotions. So if I can show up as like my best, strongest, like confident, calm, present self to my clients, which requires me to not work 60 hours a week. It requires me to like talking through the day that I have now. So I wake up at like 6.30. If I feel like I need to sleep a little bit longer, I will. Then I'll have coffee. I journal. I write my gratitudes, drink some lemon water, go meditate for 15 minutes, pull a tarot card, read two passages from these books that I have on the daily And I go for like a four-mile walk out in the um, wilderness of La Jolla. (laughs) There's a little bit of nature. um, Get to see the ocean. While I do that, I listen to a podcast. I come back. I get ready. And I start my day around 10.30. And then I take a lunch break at like 12.30. 
And then give or take, some days will last longer than others, but I'll work another like three or four hours and then a little bit here and there in the evening. So real estate, like you're working a little bit all the time. And then you have like your primary hours where you're working on like setting up a listing, looking for uh, houses for a buyer, or if you're in a transaction, there's certain steps you need to take. But one of the things that have helped me a ton with journaling in the morning is the second part of my journaling exercise. So the second portion of my (laughs) journaling is I first data dump, like thinking about what's going on in my brain. And then the second portion is I think about the day ahead of me, what I have on my schedule and how I see myself showing up. And that has made such a tremendous impact. It is insane. It takes five minutes and I'll think about, okay, I know I have to go meet this appointment. I'm going to be ready on time. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be confident. And I just see myself kind of gliding through the day. And it's amazing how things turn out so much better because my expectation is that. So mm-hmm. if anyone journals now, I highly recommend you adding this kind of visualization, if you will, of what you see your day playing out as. Because I think that's so valuable. Um, and that's just how you end up showing up then. I don't know the science of that, but... Yeah, it almost sounds like a visualization tactic and yeah. a way, it's like your intention Short and sweet. going into yeah. the day. It's, it totally, exactly. It's like setting an intention to be like, I'm not going to be frantic. If I do have a packed schedule, it's like, okay, how am I going to make this work and serve me and serve my clients and everyone around me? So um, cool. What else? I feel like we have so much more to say and it's like, I don't even know where to stop. I feel like we could talk for three hours. I know we definitely could longest episode ever (laughs) might have to do a part two. Um, One thing you touched upon that is really important. And I talk about a lot with clients, especially new clients is the power of the energy you bring to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And this is the key to doing less, doing less with more focus, with more intention, with the best possible energy behind it is how you get out of really big part of how you get out of like doing more things to create results. That's how you can do less. Like, you know, in your example, thinking that you needed to be operating in that former way to hit your income goals versus now you bring such powerful presence and calm. And because you're taking care of yourself first, it's like everything you do packs such a punch behind it Mm. that you don't need to interact with a million people because you can interact with a few people who are on the same page as you, form a deep connection with them, be fully there with them. And then they want to go out and tell everyone they know about you. And, you know, like Will and I (laughs) are on like a everyone should hire a Morgan campaign because you really like showed up for us during, you know, we'd never bought a house before. And that does have its own, like you said, there's so many moving parts and it can be an emotional process. And having someone who's so there with you, who even has the capacity to be that present and engaged and on top of it, but just like with you, it's like, that's more powerful than maybe more working with a few more clients up front, but being totally scattered, frantic energy, like hustly, you know, at their own capacity, depleted, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, it's just a totally different experience that you get to bring forward that not only you're experiencing in your own being, but everyone you interact with feels it too. Oh, thank you. I think to that point, it's like, then you attract those types of people that honor and respect that. Like, I don't want a client who wants me to answer a text message at midnight. 
Like if that's who they want to work with, that's great. I know agents that do that and that's fine. That just doesn't work well for me. And so I think creating those boundaries, setting up the structures that will best support you and know that it takes time. It's a lot of trial and error and like it doesn't need to be rushed. This process can take time and that's okay. And allowing yourself that space to say, you know what, I'm figuring it out. Like I might not know all the answers right now, but I'm doing my best. And instead of like, there's this rubric, like I said before, that you're supposed to be following and you haven't figured out what that looks like yet. Like that's that belief system, that thought, that story about yourself, that there's like this missing element that you don't have. I feel like once I finally shifted and said like, I have arrived. I think that was like the verbiage I use. Like I'm here. Mm -hmm. I've arrived. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just like, there might be things I'm still figuring out along the way, but that's okay. That's the part of this journey. Like if I had it all figured out, like I would die because you just like, that's your whole purpose of being here is to figure it out as you go along. And so allowing yourself permission to feel as though you've already arrived, you have everything that you need. And now this is just gathering more information to continue your growth. And the challenges that you face are like, oh, cool. This is just another obstacle that I can learn through and grow through. And I don't have it figured out all quite yet, but that's okay. And like that whole element of grace is so important yeah. to this journey and just like being kind to yourself first. Um, it goes so, so far. And I can even hear, I have a little quiet um, tick in the back of my head that I often do when I talk about this stuff is like that limiting belief of like, it must be nice. You don't understand where I am. And I will tell you with 1000% certainty, I know where you are. I have been there before. I understand how you feel. And there is a better way. Please, please, please trust me. I know a part of you knows that too. Mm -hmm. So I just got on one. I closed my eyes. Things get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel it. I was like, I've got no follow-up. Mic drop. You're just all, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you yeah. nailed it. You described it perfectly. It's not that you get to this place where you're not growing or expanding or stretching into an evolved version of yourself. That's like part of the fun of it. Yes. You actually have the reserves to enjoy that process and the grace to be kind to yourself as you're going through it. And that's what makes it easier to enjoy. And so even if that sounds too good to be true right now, that's okay too. Like just going back to what you were saying, Morgan, about, you know, when we outlined your vision, it seemed really far-fetched in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's normal. Of course it does. It's just different from what you were experiencing beforehand. Or if someone's listening to this and they relate to feeling like they're on the hamster wheel, like, yeah, it's okay that this vision that Morgan's talking about and that you're experiencing now, Morgan, it's like, it feeling out of touch doesn't mean that it's not possible for you. It's like just knowing where you are and knowing that you want to shift is all you huge, need. Huge, huge, huge. And then all these things will show up in your life. So beyond Megan too, like I worked with Lisa Russell, who I've interviewed on the podcast before. I did some breath work with Courtney Russell. That was like extremely profound. I um, met with multiple healers and all these people just started showing up. It was like, the universe was sitting there being like, please, 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 please. Like just ask us and we'll show up for you. Like be ready <laughs> and we'll give it. And then they're like, all right, she's finally ready. And they're like, all right, everyone, <laughs> start go. Like it was like, everyone was just waiting on the track line and like they gunshot and then it started running. Um, 
And yeah, and now I'm here. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'd go through that, like I said, 10,000 times over um, again, even though it was challenging and really, really tough. And a lot of things came up. And there were times where I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it through here. <laughs> like, I don't know what I signed myself up for. Um, but in the end, and like, I even think at the beginning, just kind of circling back to like finding the relationship, you sparked something within me that was so strong initially, I remember finally connecting to my higher self and being like, oh my God, this feels so euphoric. It was my first Mm -hmm. time. And like, then it went away because it wasn't a strong muscle quite yet. But because I dipped my toe in, there was like no going back. I was like this, if that could be me all the time, I will do whatever it takes. And I remember you sent me a voice memo after that session and you were like, what did you do today? <laughs> I called it what it, like voodoo. I was like, what voodoo did you just do on me? Cause I called her all like kind of sad and depressed and I left and I'm all like, I am invincible. I can do anything. And I guess, and like, I, those were just emotions I didn't feel. And Abraham Hicks, which is something that Megan and I follow a lot. Um, she talks about how, or they talk about how, like when you get into it the first time, like it is this like crazy feeling. And then when you get used to it, like the high highs and low lows that you used to experience. So when I would sell a house, it would be the best feeling in the world because I would finally feel worthy and validated for all my hard work. And then a couple of days later, that would dissipate and I'd feel really low, low. And okay, what's next? Or I'm not good enough or whatever. And now it's like, I get a sale and like, it feels good but it is like, you're already high enough. So it's like, oh, cool. Awesome. That's proud. Cool. Okay. Anyways, so today's good. So I don't have to really worry about anything else. You know, like, it's just like, just little blimps on the radar because your level is so much higher where before you were drastically going up and down. And so it may have seemed to you that those high highs were higher. However, it was just because you were coming from such a low place um, and just very drastic emotionally. Versus when, like, I'm thinking of almost, um, what's that thing when they do your heartbeat? Oh, yeah. Stethoscope? No, it like, beep, beep, beep. Oh, yes. That thing. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. So it's like, it's just like a little blip versus like the up and down dramatic thing. Yes, yes. And you and I had kind of talked about that too. Yeah. It's like the difference between being on like this really intense roller coaster all the time, which... I'm not a big roller coaster fan, but even if you are, like, who wants to be on one for more than a couple minutes? <laughs> like, right. it's the difference between being on like a perpetual roller coaster and just being in like some calm, gentle Caribbean waters on a float. Lots of like float metaphors, but we're going with it. Yeah, I like it. like you're on the float and you're just like, like sometimes some cool water washes across you and cools you off, and you're like. Oh, that's awesome. That feels really nice. And then you just go back to living your best life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, okay, that was cool. What's next? Awesome. I'm, this is fun. I like today. Yeah. I am focused on the now. I'm not waiting for some moment in the future to provide me this like extreme happiness that I can't find any other way. Um, so one other thing I just want to touch on quick is I think, especially with this language, sometimes it can seem very like esoteric and hippie and just like, oh, okay. So I'm just supposed to drop everything and just like, hang out with my voodoo dolls and tarot cards, like hope that, <laughs> hope that money flows in. And that's not what it is at all. You almost shift your efforting and your tasking and working into focusing on improving your relationship with who you are. And that becomes the work, if you will. 
then like, yes, I believe in all those things. And I am very much more hippie or woo woo than I was before, but I still love material things. I love like the decor for my home and nice dinners and uh, expensive wine and driving a nice car and buying my family gifts. Like I still love the lavish and abundant things that the physical world provides. And it's like, finding your own unique balance of what that looks like to you, because there are people that are very spiritual and hippie and material things don't matter. And that's amazing. And they are perfectly where they should be. And then there's people who are really focused on the physical world. But I think the underlying message here is like, you got to follow your true North, what it looks like for you with the number one objective being, how can I serve myself, provide joy and live an abundant life that feels authentic to me. Yes. Can you guys see why I wanted Morgan to help me with marketing? I was like, (laughs) you, yes, all of that. Yes. Cause I think that is so many people feel how you felt before. I felt how you felt before, which was either, or I have to choose this or that. And what you're talking about is you get to have both. And it kind of reminds me of how I couldn't give you your perfect schedule. Like we had to discover it together because what I might think is perfect for me it doesn't even matter. It's totally irrelevant. It's like, what does your highest self want? What's, you know, fills your soul. And I know you've mentioned like painting or baking or going on these beach walks and spending time in your backyard. And I mean, we do have a lot of shared interests, but it's like, you get to truly create the balance in terms of, you know, material things and like how, and what that looks like in the physical world for you versus your connection spiritually, like you get to find that balance, but you also get to find your own balance of being and doing in your days. And so it's not about there being this perfect or right roadmap of what that looks like. It's just what feels true and authentic to you and then creating that. Right, right. And the question of like, how do I know what that is? That's what this work is. It creates that relationship. So without a doubt, you know, you know, Like, I'll still be like, is that really what I'm supposed to be doing? And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I'll have to gut check once in a while. But like, you've all experienced it at one time or another where you're just in a complete and utter bliss. Like, you are so aligned. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You feel like a rock star. You feel like your best self. That's the feeling. And that's what we're meant to experience all the time. And when you're escaping that, it's literally a reminder from your inner guidance system saying, hey, we're off track here. Something's not aligned. Like we're either hanging out with the wrong people, we're taking the wrong. Here's the other thing too, is when I say wrong, I mean, maybe what's not aligned for you, but every experience that you experience gets you back to where you need to be. So having that contrast and understanding that something's not serving you, ultimately, like once your inner being is fulfilled and you have that emotion that I was speaking of, like that's what we're meant to live. And that's like when it comes to fulfilling your quote unquote purpose, that's what that is. It's not necessarily an outward thing of I need a million Instagram followers or I need to show up as the PTA mom and work full time or whatever that it like you have in your head. It really is this alignment. And that's what the purpose comes from. So we all have our own unique compass. And when you follow that, it's literally the guidance that supports you and supports the rest of the collective. Yep. Amen. All right. I'm getting really deep. This was amazing. You're, you're amazing. And I hope anybody who's interested, I have in the show notes, um, how to contact Megan. You can set up a consultation with her, learn more about what she does and see if it's a good fit for you. She's very like detached too. Like it's a non-pressure situation. 
um, because she doesn't want to work with people that aren't meant to work with her either. So it's like really beautiful um, relationship wise. You don't feel as though you're being forced into anything. So I highly recommend if it's even something you're slightly considering, you check it out and just see um, if it's meant for you. So thank you, Megan. You are the bum. Thank you. you. Loved this conversation. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. Stay tuned for another episode of Connect Back In, and thank you for listening.